0: You are now listening to The Whip Cream Podcast with Bianca Harris and Chantel Chapman. On today's episode, we chat with Akka Jackson, ordained healing minister, spiritual counselor, certified kundalini yoga teacher, percussionist, and fifth generation plants and spirit medicine man. In his spiritual counseling practice, he offers a multidimensional perspective on health and recovery from addiction. Akka travels nationally and internationally with his wife Sukdev, who was just on our podcast a few episodes ago. They share their medicine music as Icona. In his spiritual counseling practice, he offers a holistic perspective on health and recovery from addiction and trauma. This conversation was healing in itself. We're so excited for you to listen and thank you so much Akka.
1: Hey guys, Chantal here. And Bianca. Yeah. We are sitting in Ojai and we are about to chat to two amazing people, uh, Akka Jackson and Sukdev Jackson. You would have heard Sukdev on one of our earlier podcasts and Akka is her husband. And Akka, I'd like you to introduce yourself and tell mm. us a little bit about who you are, mm. what you're up to.
2: Mm-hmm. Primarily, been thinking about this (laughs) (laughs) primarily I am a guide on the path to help a person meet their soul and discover the voice of the soul now that gets accomplished by being a spiritual counselor training as a healing minister and teaching kundalini yoga and other energetic practices that allows us to experience ourselves as energy rather than just being physical right so that I started my training as a healing minister in 1994 what's the math on that how (laughs) long how long ago is that come on quick minds are in the room 26 years 26 so almost 30 years Mm -hmm. I've been on this journey of Wanting to understand the way to recognize our true self, our purpose for being here, and how to live into that so we experience the fulfillment of what I now call our soul mission.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So there's a, a team inside this spacesuit. We're. we're
1: Love that. This spacesuit. Yeah, show. there's a yeah. team
2: inside this spacesuit. And we happen to be designed as a physical being, and, but we're also an infinite being. And I think the infinite aspect of us is our soul, has a unique expression, our spirit. And our mind is able to, if it, it's given the energy, and our nervous system is given the energy to have the capacity to take that energetic existence and integrate it into a physical existence. So therefore thus the fulfillment. When you get an inspiration, that's an energetic input. And then your mind and nervous system is strong enough to actualize it and activate it. Like we're here, Bianca had this idea, and now here we are sitting down. She never knew, you never knew, I didn't that know. That you would be sitting down in this particular living room with six, seven, almost seven-year-old things strolled all over the place and apples and dates and lemons on the table. You never knew. You'd kind of meet this crazy man who's healing up his knee and you, know, you never knew that this would happen. But there's something inside her in you. Let me talk about you like you're here. There's something inside you that you knew and the strength that like we practice kundalini yoga, I also practice Qigong. You know, we strengthen ourselves, nervous system, you know, our muscles stretch, you know, to get this body activated. So when we know something, we can act on it. Mm-hmm. When we know that intuition is speaking to us about what we need to do. Otherwise, if, if, if we don't have our nervous system strong and tuned in, and our body is able to respond, then we're going to be reaching outward. Because the, the spacesuit is designed to take in data through the five senses. And that data is going to be organized in such a way that the body can survive. That's just a lower vibrational level, that the body will survive. Right? But we're here to create. We're creative beings. Mm-hmm. That's another vibrational level than just survival. Mm. That's an animal level of vibration. But we've been given something. We have the ability to imagine. Mm. And some animals don't have that ability. I say some because who knows what the whales and dolphins and the narwhals got going on. <laughs> <laughs>
1: How did you get here? Like, yeah, I want to know
2: a it, bit about was your the background. the catalyst for this Wow. <laughs> wow. It started in the womb. I had trauma in the womb because my mother experienced trauma between a relationship with her husband, who was our high school sweetheart. It turned to the traumatic, tragic polarity that you can imagine while I was in the womb. So because of that experience I have the trauma in me if I only tell the story that way based on how I'm experiencing it as we said earlier the five senses will take in the data but that data doesn't tell me who I am unless I just let the mind deal with it and I just I'm just trying to survive and by the time you know being born in Jersey City and and we moved to New York when I was 16 Um, 12 years old is when I got introduced to mind-altering substances, Mm. (laughs) where it it introduced me to, wow, I don't have to feel what I was feeling. I didn't know how to call it anxiety. You know, growing up in the 70s, there weren't a lot of psychotherapeutic terms Mm -hmm. available to the Mm -hmm. mainstream. That was mainly if you were, you know, A PhD in psychology or a therapist that you had these terms available to you but as you know a 10, 11, 12 year old I knew nothing about those terms so all I knew was just noisy inside, didn't Mm -hmm. feel good inside and when I got introduced to those substances, marijuana, cheap wine and cocaine I could feel like Superman wait there's a way to change the way I feel and That's it. That was it. Fortunately, cocaine made it noisier. So I couldn't handle anything that made it noisier emotionally, I would say. Mm. Emotionally noisy. Mm. I couldn't deal with it. Right? So, you know, alcohol was there mostly to belong. Belonging was a way to ease the noise. Mm.
0: Can you say that again?
2: Belonging was a way to ease the noise. Belonging to friends in my neighborhood. Um, a, it was a subtle awareness of not belonging in my family. Mm-hmm. But again, that was a story that's part of my mother's heritage. Because she was a love child between her father and mother. Addison Herrington and Queen Esther.
0: Queen
2: right? Esther. Because Queen Esther's husband was in jail for bootlegging. And Addison, and Addison and Esther were childhood sweethearts. It rekindled, and my mother was born. And there was a lot of drama around that in Alabama, you know, what, mid-30s, 1930s? A lot of drama around that kind of birthing. Especially with the wife of a bootlegger. People had a lot to say about that, especially Mm -hmm. my father's father. So, you know... What we're talking about here is the origins of what we're calling ancestral karma. You know, the compassion that was needed at that time with these events being set in motion, the cause, weren't handled. Some people say karma is unfinished business, but it's also cause and effect, as it is told, too. So now, here I am as part of my mother's lineage, and I'm experiencing this unfinished business as emotional noise, as issues with acceptance. So to be with what appears to be friends, now I want to say something about friends. Friends are someone or people who encourage you to be the best person you came here to be. Well, they will see you doing something. They say, that's not for you. Mm -hmm. That's not for you because I had some friends and I wanted to be around them because they were doing cool things, DJing, and you know, then the door would close after the pretty ladies went in and the music <laughs> would get loud. You know? So I figured if I just hang around the DJ area, looking through the crates, looking like I'm busy, and hand them a record or something, I would be included. <laughs> Before the door closed that
0: Friday night,
2: they said, "You need to go, schoolboy." This You're place like 12, is right. This place at probably 10, 11. Oh my god! Mother's wondering where I am. Oh my goodness. You need to leave here, schoolboy. This is not for you. That's what I would call a friend. Even though growing up, we were neighborhood friends. So sometimes you don't you know people in your neighborhood and. They help you, you know, shovel the snow. You know, they help your mom bring the garbage. I mean, the, the the groceries in or take the garbage out. Uh, but friends will not walla in the mud with you
0: mm.
2: and pass you another shot of tequila. Mm. Mm. Friends will not do that.
0: That's right.
2: But it would feel like that's somebody who cares about. Because I get the 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22-year-olds that come well, when I was doing one-on-ones at Passages a Treatment Center for Addiction. And I would hear how they were supported in their isolation and numbing of whatever was messing around with them internally, mm. whatever their emotional noise was. And I really started looking at this idea of a friend. And, um, you know, we moved to New York and separated from all that. And now this is a whole big new world. I got accepted to a pre-med program. And two years into that program, my mother had to go to Alabama because her father made his transition. So she had to handle all the land, inheritance, and all of those things so now i'm left with my own way of thinking about life now i was excited about that in the beginning really excited
1: the independence Ooh. yeah
3: <laughs> yeah i could choose life. can City. i ask you a can i ask a question of course. Yeah. can you i know you're deep in your story right now but i wanted to do a little diversion just for time's sake can you talk to you know like we came together as musicians then you became a teacher for me which i wasn't aware of and really a healer and then it was a natural progression um into our relationship but because these are young women we're speaking to and 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 you're really in my eyes and in everybody who knows you you are a conscious man Mm -hmm. you are a man that cares deeply about his family that is raising an incredible daughter. You are present with her fully. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. are present in this relationship. Right. Um, you are fully available. You know we work through our stuff. Like what where is do I it? Find one. That's yeah. what I'm saying. <laughs> we it's like find yeah. <laughs> I I want I want Akka to speak to that. Like where um what is it that a man really wants from a woman? when it, it, at a really soul level, you know, what is the connection about?
2: Mm. Mm. Like as a man. Okay, okay, wait a minute. I got to tie this together. Okay. Because, Bianca, you asked me, how did I get here? And I was telling the little snippets of the story to say, I am... Um, I was searching for that inner peace. And it's one thing I would ask all my clients, probably around 5,000 or so, what do you want, right? And this connects to what do you want in a relationship? What do you want in a man? Mm, What do you need? What do you need that man to be? Because it's different than a quality that gets expressed that you can identify. Because I couldn't identify what was going wrong inside me. And therefore, I had to step away from everything I was attempting to do, because most of it was based on someone else's map of Mm. my life. So. Moving into what's the topography of your life? What is important to you? Where do you want to go? What is your aim? What are you looking to experience in your life? You are woman. You are womb man. Hmm. You hold the universe within you. I am a man. And I am an expression of that universe as a steady being that has the ability to penetrate my intuition into action. But the key to it is steady, Mm. that I must be present. If we are going with the biological model of procreation for humans, I, as the man, must be steady
0: mm-hmm.
2: in order to penetrate mm-hmm. and allow the design of the universe to unfold, mm. to be created. So, you know, there's a, there's a deep surrender when it comes to calling in the love of your life.
3: Because... <gasps> <laughs> it's a
2: deep, it's a deep, it's a deep
3: a surrender. <laughs> yeah. It's not
2: a controlling thing. Um. It's a deep surrender. But it's not like you just, okay, I let it go. There is a focus. I'm one, I love metaphors because they help us bridge the gap. Metaphora is a bridge from one state of consciousness to another.
0: Mm.
2: Here we are in a state of consciousness of being separated. Addiction separates us. The dating game separates us. You know, there's us and them. And do they have what I want? Does mm. she have what mm. I want? Mm. Do I have what it takes? Ugh. Right? Yeah. Do I have what it takes? Even healing, does my body, do I do belief is a focus in one's original makeup. So this is where the yogic practice, for us, when we chanted together, it was an experience like I never had before. When we played music together, it was an experience like I never had before. Right? So that brought a peace inside and a stillness where I could be steady. So for me, the aim of everything I did, whether it was, you know, drugs and alcohol and botanicals like marijuana, or if it was Qigong that I got introduced to at 19, or kundalini yoga I got introduced to in 2004, What I want to say is like all of these were an invitation. I got invited, you know, hey, I got invited to experience those mind altering substances. I got invited to, you know, uh, a, a prosperity circle when I was 19. And one of the practitioners in the circle was a Tai Chi teacher, you know, and he invited me. Hey, come teach. you. And I got invited to Native American ceremony. I got invited to an African drumming class. And I didn't even know what it was. I just saw people in a circle with these instruments. If I hadn't accepted that invitation, I wouldn't be playing probably rhythms with my wife. You know. So what I'm saying is is that there is a surrender to wanting to know your true self. To needing to know your true self. However way you call it. I've identified it as my soul. That term came up many times in my life, and it feels good to me. Mm -hmm. What is it for you that you can identify yourself with, and it brings you this? Like Bianca had that exhale, like, you know, that's that parasympathetic nervous system. Mm -hmm. Let it go. You know, let balance be restored within. You know, and following the pattern of the breath is an easy way to get to that place of knowing what you need to surrender. Mm -hmm. Following the pattern of the breath will neutralize the mind so you can see the intuition. You beings have the womb within you so you are naturally intuitive. Mm -hmm. I would say you want a man that is looking to develop his intuition. Because if he's looking to develop his intuition, that shows you where his mindset is. Mm Because Yogi Bhajan, one of our teachers, uh, he said that's the greatest power of man is their intuition.
3: He said the same thing about women. It's the greatest power of a human being.
2: and allow yeah. It allows them to use his power of penetration because we need to know what to penetrate. What is our intention for penetrating? What is the aim for penetrating that? So, you know, we are re-educating ourselves into a new vibrational way of living. If we think about moving out of the Piscean Age into the Aquarian Age, what does all of that entail? There hasn't been, you know, a prenatal course, you know, an Aquarian prenatal course, (laughs) you know, just a pre-human course, you know, to realize who we are, how are things going to change? Will the way we eat change? Will the way we look in each other's eyes change? Will the way we sexually interact with each other change? Mm. Will the way that we interact with our own body change? The way we interact with nature? Will our businesses change?
3: Well, that's a whole self-sensory system that's coming online, right?
2: Will our Which educational system yeah. change, right? Mm-hmm. Will our educational system change? Not to mention our nervous system. And what are we processing now besides just all of the technological energy? Again, thinking of ourselves as energy. But what about where our universe is or our solar system within the greater universe? What if that energy is shifted? Just like you shift yourself from the shade under the tree and you move into the sun. You feel a difference in the shift of energy and you start to maybe put on a hat or, you know, you do things a little differently when you're in the sun. Same way, how do we need to respond? So I I feel a strong key is first as if you have any men in your life. And and even if you're choosing same-sex relationships and you recognize one partner is representing the sacred masculine and the other is representing the sacred feminine, that there be an awareness of how you cultivate strength in your nervous system, mm. that you want somebody that goes inward to take care of their relationship to their body, mind, and spirit, and mm. soul, so that as they express, they express with compassion they express with love, they express with authenticity, they express with an an intention or or an aim towards establishing harmony and fulfillment. And the way you can see that in a person is, is by cultivating it inside first. Because there's a tricky thing called a shadow and it exists within, but it is so unconscious we will project it. And collectively, things has happened, have happened in our human uh, existence. As the polarity swings, we can call it good, we can call it bad. Our goal is to be neutral. So you also want a companion that is able to be with the shadow and stay neutral. Mm. and then dip into the neutral, strengthening powers. Love helps us stay neutral.
0: Mm.
2: Compassion helps us stay neutral. Blame and judgment are not part of compassion and love. They never show up out of that space. If You think of love, think about your heart. Always in the moment, never judging you about the past, right? And it always serves you. Heart the the lungs, always serving. But there's this idea of service that, you know, as teachers, it's a service. You know, as, as coaches, as guides, as, you know, exchanging the value of our information, then we build abundance that way. But as teachers, we're in service. But when we drop that in relationship, then it's the love that we allow to serve each other. So even if one of my shadows was to blame her for something. It happens. Yeah, like, like, I'm healing my knee, why are you gonna ask me to cut a mango and apple for folks? <laughs> I need to get food inside, right?
1: Thank you. But,
2: Thank you so much. But, you know, it's, it's, it's also when you're going through a healing, not to get too self-centered, not to get too bottled up in woe is me, give me sympathy, right? Because that's kind of the downfall of man, wanting sympathy.
0: Hmm.
2: Rather than allowing an honest communication about what we need.
3: They want to be mother to a certain degree. To a nurtured, degree. there's right? a thing yeah. there's
2: a thing about that. Yeah. Yeah. This nourishing quality, but it could show up psychically in us as yeah. wanting to be acknowledged mm-hmm. and that sympathy. Give yeah. us what we're looking for.
0: Yeah. You know? So in the moment when you're cutting the mango.
2: <clears throat> well, I, I'd be honest with myself, as I'm not cutting that mango. It's too in depth for me right now. I can cut the apple. Right. And then I could get it out on tape. That I didn't feel like doing that, but I do want to treat our guests, you know, in a nice way. <laughs> right. In a, in a, you know I want to be no,
0: but it's something small, but yeah. it really is big.
2: And yeah. that's the yeah, idea yeah. of the shadow. the shadows can slip yeah, because they're right. they're linked to those stories of the past mm-hmm. that never were tended to we just tended to that here's the thing shame and of course you can look at the work of Brene Brown when you expose it it loses its power
0: Mm. oh that's so true yeah Yeah. so
2: I can feel a shame for even oh it's just an apple man cut the apple yeah you get a little shame but that little shame is connected to a bigger shame that's in our family stuff.
0: yeah, Somewhere back there. Yeah. Somewhere back there. Mm-hmm. And
2: not that you necessarily, at least in my work, I don't have to dig it up and know the exact date. I've done that work. I'm like, oh, yeah. God. Yeah. And who it was and all these kind of things. I found that just acknowledging it and, and okay, Getting so what is, yeah. what is that action that will equalize it? What is it calling out of me? So in this moment, it called out of me being authentic, you know, so for my wife to hear that feeling rather than just stashing it somewhere, you know, it was a perfect opportunity. And that's the idea of developing the intuition because you see the opportunities to heal.
0: But it even goes back to you saying being neutral because in that moment, you're balancing it back because you could have just got pissed and not done it. Right.
2: Yeah. So, you want to find a companion that is into developing. We call it the neutral mind in Kundalini Yoga, where you're not too far in the positive mind. Everything is just peachy. Yeah, I'll cut the mango a little bit. Or the negative mind. Why are you doing that? Why you going to give me that? And then, you know, the fear, I got to focus on my health. And the fear is in the negative mind. And it helps to protect you. You want to be in that neutral mind, so you can use the information from both in a meditative way. Where you can express your feelings. My mother would yell to be heard. And so there's a tendency in me to yell. But it's not an effective way to communicate. You want to yell, you go off into the woods. And and, and it's kind of a a soul moment. Like you find your voice, your true voice. Because yeah. there's the voice of what happened in the past. There's all these voices that are coming out. and you, Sometimes you got to let them out so you get to your own voice. And that's what we're working on with this retreat. All of our studies around the voice. How do you access that voice of peace? Yeah. And how do you know the difference between this voice of these trauma stories mm. and these issue stories, you know, and the voice of your soul, mm. the voice of peace? the voice of the meditative mind, the voice of the wise one. Mm. How do you find that? And so as you sit, especially young women, you know, you have that intuition. Really, please stay away from deadening your nervous system with alcohol and substances because it it, it handicaps you. Mm. It handicaps you from,
3: yeah.
2: because your your system is designed to perceive the universe. That's right. And I am a firm believer from seeing clients and seeing especially women, young women, and I've had them, you know, they have these incredible gifts and they got this codependent behavior.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's so
1: common.
2: They got this codependent behavior and it's like it comes hand in hand. It's like, why is codependent behavior there? Every time there is some kind of substance, particularly with a gift, like that person is an empath where they're Their awareness of what's going around them is really high.
1: You know what's interesting is I do a lot of work with creatives, Mm -hmm. like creative entrepreneurs, Mm -hmm. and I see codependency with the creatives so much. Mm -hmm. And it's like I I I, and I also know that there's a big link between empaths and creatives.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Because it's the imaginal energy. Yeah. You download it, you're downloading. You got access to the infinite more and more. Every moment, every breath that passes, we got more access, more access. So if you bring in these substances that are made by humans, more than you bring in the energy that you're designed to connect to, it's going to create an unhealthy tension in your nervous system. Mm-hmm. And the survival mechanism of the brain is gonna go for the path of least resistance to survive. And that means a relationship that stimulates your nervous system beyond belief, right? So having an orgasm, having somebody to help you have an orgasm. Sometimes people think relationships is somebody that can make them have a good orgasm. <laughs> that's a good man or a good companion, right? People I mean, yeah. think that, that's a good companion. Yeah. Whoa, man! We've been trained to think that.
1: Yeah, romanticism even mm-hmm. says that. Yeah, I've
2: never had the best sex. You.
1: Yeah,
2: you know, some some media out there will will pre-program your mind in the supermarket. We won't mention any names, but <laughs> you know, as you as you're buying your food or your snacks, you know, there it is how to have the greatest sex ever, (laughs) right? But, you know, you're an infinite being. You're more than the physical interaction, but the physical interaction can bring that fulfillment. And look at what the ultimate fulfillment is. Here's another being, our daughter, that can carry on a legacy Mm -hmm. that we offer her. Now, will we step into developing ourselves as energy beings and creating harmony and ways to fulfill our soul and serve our soul, or we will we just be caught up in the material world? Hmm. So as a quick recap, as we wind down, I can feel the energy, All right? <laughs> in terms of companionship and creating a soul relationship that has everything you need to thrive and be fulfilled and if you choose bring another being into that energy so that they can receive the legacy of love compassion a neutral mind and knowing their soul mission stay away from numbing your nervous system stay away cultivate a Practice that strengthens your nervous system. So you can have the capacity to develop your intuition. Once you strengthen your nervous system with various practices, Kundalini yoga is a way, Qigong is a way, there's different types of yoga. But to particularly have that aim, you will get invitations, you will see what is available that you can begin to develop that. Meditation is a way. find that way for you to serve your energy self. Consider yourself physical and energy. Find your way to develop a relationship with your energy self, because it's all energy. The sad, traumatic stories, the grief of losing a loved one, suicide, as well as joy of ecstasy, the joy of the orgasm, the joy of making you know, creating a a seven k figure I me mean, figure life. You know, laptop lifestyle. You know, all that. But let the pendulum be still in the neutral place.
0: Mm-hmm. Thank you so much.
2: Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
0: Thank you so much.
2: Yeah. Yeah. From the healing journey of a medicine. Thank you. To you.
1: Thanks for listening. So as a money coach, I always talk about the exchange of energy. You guys just listen to this dope episode for free. So don't be cheap. Make a deposit into your Karma Bank account and review and subscribe to this podcast.